I'm Paul Lancor with PodTech.net, and I'm here with Larry Taylor. He's a senior manager at Bearing Point. Larry, thank you very much for being with us today. Glad to be here. And today we're talking about reputational risk. We are familiar with a lot of the different risks, market risks, and operational risks with an organization, but I'm wondering uh, if you could help us understand a little bit more what reputational risk might be. Sure. Reputation risk really is more appropriately viewed as an impact or an outcome of other types of risk events. For example, if something happens to an organization and that event gets into the media or it impacts customers and somehow changes the perception of that company in an unfavorable way, there's a real risk to the organization and to the shareholder value of that company uh, arising from that. So reputation risk is how people think of it as a term, but it's really more appropriately viewed as an outcome or an impact of other risks. So why is reputation risk, or maybe more appropriately, why is avoiding reputation risk important? Well, you know, reputation nowadays is one of the core sources of value to organizations. Our economy is rapidly becoming commoditized. That is, companies, goods, and services are looked at as being easily interchangeable one for the other, and an unbelievably competitive marketplace in almost all industries. It is reputation that is the source of much of the economic value of firms nowadays. And so safeguarding that reputation is really safeguarding the true economic value of the firm. And so it's, it's absolutely essential to safeguard and protect the reputation of companies. Now, as you mentioned, the reputation risk is more a result of other factors that may come into play with the organization. I'm wondering if you could uh, give us some examples of how those reputation impacts could hurt a firm. Sure. I think if you think about the subprime mortgage mess, there were a number of organizations who got caught up in the subprime mortgage mess that were otherwise completely viable as firms. However, because they had the name subprime attached to the type of business that they did, a lot of their supplier firms and suppliers of capital ceased doing business with them purely on the basis of the reputation impact and the association that they had with an industry that had become suddenly out of favor. So, If you think about that, you really have to manage what the perception of your firm is very closely and be willing and able to quickly respond in those sorts of situations to assure people and to have the appropriate methodologies in place to protect your reputation. Well, that's a very clear example that also points out the difficulty of trying to manage all of this risk because in the subprime mortgage situation, as you suggested, a lot of that has to do with just association. So what can an organization do to manage that reputation risk? I think the key thing is to really understand the sources of your reputation risk. That is to identify those things that could occur that would impact your overall reputation and how that would flow through to the rest of the organization and to the various stakeholders of your organization, such as your employees, 
customers and financiers. What we ask our clients is to take the New York Times test. That is, if a particular event showed up portraying the company in a negative light on the front page of the New York Times, what would be the impact on the firm, and how should the firm best prepare for that sort of event? It's very important in many cases that companies think about these things in sort of, is this the way that the co- we would want the company portrayed? We were at a particular firm in the financial services industry that had a very negative portrayal come to light slightly before we got there in the New York Times, as a matter of fact, and that's kind of how we, we came up with this test. But what happened was is that everyone knew what was going on with this firm was somewhat less than kosher. However, no one really stepped up and said, do we want to take the reputation risk of the firm, of this really coming to light in a broad media portrayal that really reflects negatively on the firm? important part about this is that these sorts of media portrayals and things like that are often precursors to even more substantive damage to reputation because, as you know, government agencies are not shy about taking things that show up on the front page of the newspaper and diving in themselves to score some political points. And as a matter of fact, this is exactly what happened to our client organization. Essentially, a government agency, upon seeing this expose, dove in and basically ended up giving them some major fines and some major restrictions on the type of business that they do, thereby really compounding the damage that was, if you think about it in the macro sense, was really not even close to compensating them for the huge damage that was caused to the firm. So it sounds like, from what you're saying, one of the issues with managing reputational risk is the the breadth of people affected by your reputation. You talk about government agencies, clients, customers, even employees, internal reputation. So that, I would imagine, creates a barrier to managing that reputational risk. Well, it's important to kind of think about reputation risk in terms of this kind of stakeholder prism. I mean, you have a firm and you have these various types of stakeholders that will impact and will be impacted in different ways by events and will react in different ways. You know, employees are not shy in today's modern economy about leaving a firm if they think the future outlook of that firm is negative. I've worked in a number of clients that have been in fairly dire straits, but by no means going out of business. But one of the biggest problems that they had was in retaining their key people because your really good people are looking for really good opportunities. And if your reputation is impacted and they see that as impacting the outlook of the firm, A, or B, impacting their perception of the firm and how it deals with its employees, they're not hesitant to leave. Additionally, your customers nowadays, there are many outlets for customers, monopolies outside of Windows, effectively, are very rare. And even with Windows, you can go to Apple. So your customers can easily 
move to other suppliers. Similarly, suppliers are very leery about doing business with firms that may not be financially sound or with whom they may be unfavorably paired in media portrayals as an enabler or something like that. So it's important to really kind of think about these various stakeholders and how they may react if certain things happen. So what are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the typical errors that companies make in managing reputation risk? Well, there's a number of different things that people do. I think oftentimes what happens is people allow their reputation to erode slowly over time. Reputation is one of those things where it's not always obvious that a reputation has eroded until it's too late and it's very, very difficult and expensive to regain it. One of our major recommendations to boards of directors is that their responsibility as it relates to reputation risk is to be the safeguards of the reputation against a management team that may be somewhat more short-term focused. And so they are really responsible for ensuring that the business practices and products of the company appropriately reflect what they want the reputation of the firm to be. Similarly, in events, companies make a lot of errors in dealing with the media and in managing these events appropriately to clearly articulate their message as far as where the company stands when these events happen. What happens in many cases is the media is very eager to portray companies as being villains of some sort. And if a company tries to dissemble or outright lie, they will be persecuted in the media. And finally, and this is actually probably the most important, companies do not appropriately identify or realize the extent of the reputation risk environment that they are facing. As I mentioned, if you think about major scandals that have erupted in many companies over the last several years, you know, from Enron on, it wasn't that no one in the company knew what was going on or realized it could happen. It's that very few people stood up, raised their hand, and said, you know what, this really is not the right way to go, and we need to stop this. And so it's important to put those mechanisms in place where people can highlight these reputation risks to the company to management and have management articulate, yes, we accept this risk, or no, we are going to deal with this, and we're going to change what we're doing, or we're going to try to mitigate it in some other fashion. But there's just a whole host of errors that companies make in dealing with reputation risk. So one of the things you suggested is that a lot of companies don't realize that there's a problem with their reputation until it's too late. What are some of the warning signs of a negative reputation impact? Well, there's a number of warning signs that are out there. The one that I've always thought is is a great one that people don't necessarily look at is customer acquisition costs. Companies spend a ton of money nowadays marketing and advertising. But what happens is if you're marketing and advertising in an environment 
where you are facing a negative reputation, you will find your marketing and advertising dollars being not nearly as effective, and you'll notice your overall customer acquisition costs are going up. Similarly, you will see people who, on the financial side, may be somewhat reluctant to deal with you. Stock price may be impacted. A number of our clients very closely monitor blogs and things like that for mentions of their name because you will find if people have a negative experience nowadays, they are not shy in sharing it. And finally, you know what? At the end of the day, the major damage that can happen to a company very, very quickly is when the government steps in. And so if your company starts having inquisitions about business practices from government agencies based on complaints that they have received, that's a huge warning sign to really watch out for what's happening to your company's reputation. You touched on this earlier in your example, but I'm wondering what the role of media is in reputation risk. Well, media is really an amplification of things that are happening in the real world. If you think about it, before the mass wireless world in media, reputation impacts couldn't be so broadly propagated quite so quickly. Nowadays, with blogs and varieties of sources of information beyond, you know, your local TV station and network, they really do present a broad army of people seeking to propagate negative reputational impact about a firm. And so it's really important to appropriately manage and monitor the media as far as safeguarding your company's reputation. So what are the key takeaways about uh, managing reputation risk that our listeners should be keeping in mind? Well, first and foremost, they need to appropriately identify what the potential sources of reputation risk are in their company. I think that taking that New York Times quote-unquote test and thinking about what they're doing and what could happen to the firm and how that would look in the New York Times is a really valuable exercise. And remember, you may have some kind of rationalization for that, but if that won't play in the New York Times, that won't play in Peoria, so to speak. Secondly, it's really important to monitor in any way possible what's happening to your company's reputation, including media mentions, blog mentions, and also how things are rolling through in your financials. Monitoring your customer acquisition costs and understanding where that is, closely monitoring customer complaints, closely monitoring spend per customer. There was a study out not too long ago where it was found that when customers get upset, they don't necessarily completely stop buying from a company. Instead, they just cut back the amount of their purchases. So when you start thinking about wallet share of customers, that's another thing that is really a valuable indicator of your overall reputation status. Well, Larry, thanks very much for joining us and shedding some light on this aspect of risk that I'm sure a lot of our listeners haven't really considered closely. I appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Larry Taylor is a senior manager with Bearing Point.